0: okay let's get started welcome everyone to the historic resources commission i'm joy coleman the chair and it is february 15th the third thursday of the month so here we are uh, with a good sized agenda tonight um avery would you like to give the preliminary meeting info
1: yes thank you Good evening and welcome to the February 15th Historic Resources Commission meeting. My name is Avery Kerner and with me is Lynn Braddock Zollner, the Historic Resources Administrator, and Becky Pepper, the Planning Manager. And together we will help work alongside the chair to facilitate the meeting proceedings this evening. Before we begin, I have just a few reminders to share. Tonight's meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and cable channel 25. For those who are attending the meeting virtually, please remember to mute yourself when you are not actively speaking to help minimize distractions. When the chair calls for public comment on an item, anyone attending in person may walk to the podium to speak. If you are attending the meeting virtually and would like to provide public comment on an item, please use the raise your hand feature to be called upon. We also ask that everyone state their name before they speak to ensure that everyone is able to follow along. And with that, I'll turn the meeting back over to the chair.
0: Thank you, Avery. Um, We have a small change to the agenda tonight um it, we're going to move item number two under the public hearing items, which is dr twenty three zero zero four 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 to be the first public hearing item tonight instead of the second. Okay. So item uh, A, communications, have we received communications from other commissions, state historic preservation officer, or the general public? Uh,
1: This is Avery Kerner, planning staff, we do not have any uh, communications.
0: Thank you. Do any commissioners have um, disclosures to make, ex parte communications, declarations of abstentions from specific agenda items? No, thank you. Um, oh, we do need to take roll. Thank you, Commissioner Azell. We'll take a roll call. Uh, Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein present. Commissioner Hawley.
2: Commissioner Hawley present.
0: Commissioner Izell.
2: Commissioner Izell here.
0: Commissioner Meyer. Commissioner Meyer here. Commissioner Johnston. Commissioner Johnston here. And Chair Coleman is here. Now, moving on to the consent agenda. Uh, uh, Chair,
3: Chairman Coleman, I believe uh, Commissioner Haynes is is present now.
0: Oh, wonderful. Commissioner Haynes, roll call. I apologize for being late. Thank you. Do we have committee reports? No. Oh, I didn't ask for that, did I? I'm all jumbled up. This is quite the audience tonight do we have any uh committee reports this month avery
1: no there are no committee reports
4: well and i since i was the historic resources commission's uh this is commissioner johnson representative on the lawrence loop task force i just uh and that uh task force may be going away for a little while the proposal just recently went to the city commission for applying for a grant to um, build a bridge across the river pedestrian bicycle bridge and a way over the railroad tracks and i just wanted to to report on that the last meeting of the task force the majority of the task force recommended that the city go for the grant but the big um issue for a couple of people was that in the end it didn't close the loop and so i just wanted to report back on on that since i was representing you there thank you commissioner johnson
0: moving on to item b the consent agenda we have minutes and administrative approvals is there any discussion or would anyone like to make a motion to approve so moved. And I'll second. Um, <clears throat> and we'll take a vote here. Uh, Commissioner Haynes.
5: Commissioner Haynes, aye.
0: Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner
4: Johnson, yes.
0: Commissioner Meyer. Mr. Meyer, aye. Commissioner Azell.
2: Commissioner Azell, aye.
0: Commissioner Holly.
6: Commissioner Holly, aye.
0: Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. At this time, we'll take public comment regarding any items that are not on the agenda. Is there any such comment? Okay, seeing none, we'll move on to uh, the, the first item on the list, which was listed as the second item, DR
1: 2300444. So I'm going to erase this just just a little bit, real quick. Okay, and Kurt, I'm sorry, but I don't have Zoom pulled up on the podium, I don't think. Would you mind helping me share the presentation slides? I apologize. I can try and get it pulled up too if you want me to, that might be easier. Thank you for your patience everyone. share the screen again okay <coughs> so good evening commissioners this is item DR-23-00444 and with this application the applicant is requesting to demolish portions of the existing structure at uh, 1332 Kentucky Street and to construct new additions to the existing structure. The subject property is located in the Oriad Neighborhood Design Overlay District and the proposed project is subject to the neighborhood-wide design guidelines. This is a map showing the location of the subject property at 1332 Kentucky Street within the Oread Design Overlay District. The existing structure at 1332 Kentucky Street is a two-story dwelling with a stone foundation and crawl space. The rear portion of the structure is only one-story, and then there's a single-story addition on the south side of the structure. The applicant is requesting to demolish the two single-story portions of the structure, as well as the stone foundation of the original structure. The stone foundation would be replaced with a cast-in-place footing and foundation wall to allow for a full basement. A new single-story addition would be constructed on the south side of the structure, and a two-story addition would be constructed to the rear on the east elevation. On screen is a photograph showing the southwest corner of the existing structure on on the property. The structure's west elevation with the front porch faces Kentucky Street. And then this portion of the structure on the south side is the single story south addition that the applicant is requesting to demolish. We walk around the property. This would be looking at the northwest corner of the structure. Here you can see a little bit of the single-story structure at the rear of the property, or at the rear of the structure that would be uh, included in the demolition request. And then this is the east elevation of the structure, which better shows the rear portion of the structure that the applicant is requesting to demolish. You can also see the uh, stone foundation of the original structure. And then this is looking at the southeast elevation. And again, you can see the single story south addition on the south side of the structure um, from the opposite direction from where we started uh, and that would be included in the demolition. This would be the proposed site plan for the property. The red outline shows the footprint of the portions of the structure that would be demolished. And then the hatched and then cross-hatched areas, uh, shown, would be the footprint of the new additions. This would be the front west elevation of the structure uh, with with the proposed addition. The addition would be clad with fiber cement lap siding and composite fiber trim would be used at the corners and around windows. The exterior of the foundation wall would be clad with stone veneer and composite shingles would be used on the roof. All windows in the existing structure would be replaced uh, with new single hung Anderson 100 series windows. Those windows would also be used on the new addition. The two story addition would be slightly taller than the existing structure and would add around 19 feet to the overall width of the structure visible from the public right of way. And I'll just walk through the other elevations that are submitted. Um, This would be the north elevation uh, showing the proposed addition to the rear of the existing structure. This would be the rear east elevation visible from the alley. And then this would be the south elevation. The applicant also provided renderings of the proposed additions. So the northeast view would be looking at the back of the proposed addition on the north side, and then the northwest view looking towards the addition from the front. And then again, the southeast view would be looking towards the new addition from the rear of the property, and then the southwest uh, view would be looking towards the addition from the front. The subject property is not a listed property, and it's not identified as a contributing structure to the Oread Neighborhood Design Overlay District. However, the original portion of the structure is older than 50 years old, and does possess character-defining features, like the stone foundation. For demolition of existing structures, a structural analysis and and a repair versus replacement cost analysis is requested to determine the extent of the damage of a structure. The applicant has supplied this documentation, which is included in your packet this evening. That documentation states that the structure shows signs of settling and cracking, as well as water intrusion, which has caused wood rot. That's comprom- compromised the stability of the structure. And um, overall, staff is of the opinion that the overall size and massing of the proposed addition is not compatible with the size of the existing structure. Therefore, the proposed project does not meet. Um, many of the applicable guidelines uh, found within the OREAD design guidelines. Staff is of the opinion that the proposed demolition work may be supportable if compatible replacement plans for the additions are proposed and would recommend that the project be forwarded to the ARC. And with that, I'd be happy to help answer any questions.
0: Thank you, is there, are there any questions for Avery before we move on to the applicant?
6: I do have a brief question for Avery. Avery, so with the recommendation of it going to ARC, is the, because usually the ARC is at tweak level and not wholesale redesign level, do you think that's a reasonable possibility given staff's assessment of the overall massing?
1: I think that would be a good uh, question for the applicant to see if they would be uh, open to significant design alterations that would reduce the overall massing of the addition. The applicant has submitted some revisions uh, in response to staff's review and comments regarding some of the the design guidelines that weren't met by the original um, submittal. Those didn't necessarily address the overall massing and size of the addition. but uh, those, those changes or revisions have been included in the packet um, for your review as well. Uh, but yeah, I, I would maybe defer to the applicant to see if that was something that they would be open to.
0: Thank you. Is the applicant present? Would you like to say anything?
7: Hello, I'm uh, <clears throat> I'm Jared Hoke of Hokeley Architects. Uh, I'm here in um, for Mark Kern. Questions first, or just would you like me to? Oh,
0: yeah. If you have a, a presentation prepared or yeah. or something prepared that you'd like to state, yes, please. We'd like to hear it.
7: Yeah, um, and it's kind of in response to the um, you know the massing uh, topic and. Our approach towards creating this design proposal. Um, looking at the site plan, the the existing house isn't parallel to the property line. Um, it basically is pinned at the northeast corner of the two-story structure. Um, it's pinned at the side setback. Our first analysis was to try to extend the original two-story mass to the east. In doing so, we would create a non-compliant condition. We would encroach into our required side yard. The same holds true with the existing, possibly original, one-story structure to the east. That is already encroaching into the required side setback. We have no ability to do a second-story addition to that portion reuse those foundations or basically do an addition in the basement area and build up on top with you know new structural walls that go from roof to, to the basement. Our next analysis was to look at how to create a, an addition to meet the client's needs that also would be comparable and compatible with what the existing conditions were. The existing house is 16 foot 4 wide. We have one wing of our house, which is 14 feet wide. That is the portion that has a roof that is taller um, than the original roof. The reason for that is that the original structure has a sidewall head height of under 6 feet. So we're trying to create a space that is narrower than the existing space in order to gain some usable clearance of head height in, in the newer rooms of the, of the addition. So the main portion, like I said, the main north-south wing that, for that addition, that's 14 feet wide, which is narrower than the original two-story. On the rear of the house, the east side of the house, we went ahead and matched the 16 foot four wide of the existing. In our opinion, the difference in head height when viewing, or excuse me, the addition, the difference in roof height when viewing from the street level and the sidewalk level is imperceptible. Uh, I would like to think that the renderings would show that, but we're talking about perhaps a foot of difference between the two, which, because we created a break between the new and the existing, there is no linkage between the two roofs, and you cannot tell that there is a difference in ridge line. The ridge lines never intersect with each other because of that break. Um, also, speaking about the uh, the southern addition, the well, the existing portion of one story that I think was an, we're we're describing it as an addition to the original house. That portion encroaches on the window trim detailing of the southwest window, um, kind of taking away from that character. So one of the reasons why we're taking away that portion of the existing structure is to give some breathing room and allow the original historic features of the existing two-story house to really be able to be displayed. Um, It also doesn't have a stone foundation. It has a concrete, uh, a concrete uh, crawl space foundation, so we would still have to go back and do work to make that appear as stone anyway. So we felt that that one-story area uh, that, that we're proposing to demolish, because it's not original, and because it has these other deficiencies that affect and impact the existing two-story, would be something that should be considered as being a demolition worthy part of the project and that's that's all i have right now
0: so the um the foundation under the part of the house the original house that is being kept is that foundation being replaced yeah
7: well well we'll raise the house up steel beams cribbing and then put a new foundation concrete wall foundation with full stone um, cladding on all portions of the you know existing house that we keep and on all new portions of the addition
8: this is commissioner meyer were you asked to provide more documentation um, regarding the damage your request to, for demolition.
7: Uh, Avery was I uh, was that in no.
8: I'm just curious. The registered deeds, or Douglas County, I should say, indicates that the owners and owned it for maybe like 12 years. Do you think that's right?
7: Yeah, that could be right. Yeah.
8: So I'm just, I think that for me, one of the things that is uh, concerning is when you have a long-time owner who comes in and the structural analysis shows things that clearly they haven't taken care of the property, like roof exceeding its use life. I'm just curious why a roof hasn't been replaced in all that time, or are we talking about window intrusion because things haven't been taken care of?
7: It's a a college rental, Um, so.
8: So ergo, we're not gonna maintain the property?
7: That's fair, that's 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 (laughs) and and if it's you know if if the long term uh, the the long term goal for the project is to do an addition and renovate the entire you know the entire existing home. um, It's
8: going to go from how many bedrooms to how many bedrooms.
7: It's going to go from three bedrooms to five bedrooms.
4: Well, and this is Commissioner Johnson. It's going from a single-family home to a duplex?
7: To a duplex.
3: Uh, Chairman Coleman?
0: Yes, Commissioner Klein.
3: Um, I did a little history. Um, I, I noted in the report um, According to the uh, that the building was the existing structure was uh, constructed in 1920 Uh, The Sanborn map does show though that the that the 1905 property contained a structure Matching the footprint of the existing stone foundation that's proposed to be demolished Um, I searched uh, online news. I found evidence of 1325 Kentucky in ads going back as far as 1887 um, there was a doctor and his wife uh, living uh, at that address in 1891 and uh, someone else in 1904. So I just wanted to point out, um, I mean, that's no proof that the um, uh, uh, Limestone Foundation was present um, as early as 1887, but just that folks were living on that, in that property or on that property um, earlier than the 1905 Sanborn maps.
7: Excuse me, do you mean 1332 or 1335? All right,
3: 1332 Kentucky, according to the newspapers. That's what I was searching.
7: Okay, thank you.
0: Yes. And Commissioner Klein, it um, indicated that the Stone Foundation of the East, one story, or the, or the South?
3: No, I was only looking at newspaper um, uh, ads um, for 1332 Kentucky. So there's nothing. There were there were no news items that talked about the foundation or the building itself. So we don't know. I'm just saying that people were living on that property
0: yeah. earlier than 1905. Okay. I think this is a tough one. Mm-hmm. This, yeah. This is a tough one because the new addition is so much larger than. The part of the structure that is being kept and to complicate it even more, it's on Kentucky Street, where a lot of the original homes, the older homes have been lost, and um apartment buildings have been replacing them over the years so you know, do you argue that because so much has been lost, we shouldn't lose any more? Or do you go the other way and say this, you know, one is not as important as you know all that. So um, I don't know. Yeah, I think we should take some public comment and then we'll have more discussion. But thank you for your.
7: Can I just make one last? I mean, I, I would respond um, in an argument saying that from a scale and proportion and massing standpoint that the addition is more compatible to the existing house than what what was built across directly across the street um and if we're going if we're going to speak about you know the historic nature and compatibilities of of of, of moving forward with historic structures mm-hmm. so one
4: taken thank well, you well, this is commissioner johnson i have one more question um you you see that, the, that staff is recommending that we send this to the Architecture Review Committee. Um, if we were to do that, what is your understanding of what could possibly be done to make this structure meet more of the guidelines?
7: Well, my understanding of the, of the ARC is that it's a path to tweak the design or tweak a design in order to better meet the, um, the guidelines um, you know I, I I have ideas of how we could reduce the height um, we could you know we could definitely lower the the spring point of the roof and have um, have that be at six feet to match the existing house or, or you know six feet or seven feet um, the you know, there, there is also a potential that we could remove the second story of the addition and move that all into a basement, because right now that is uh, proposed as a, a slab on grade construction. Um, so that would not reduce the overall square footage, but it would definitely would reduce the, the height, bulk, and scale of, of, of the proposal.
0: Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any public comment on this item? I'm seeing no public comment. So let's have some uh, discussion I'm happy to send the project to ARC to talk about those tweaks Um, but not I'm not comfortable with sending it to ARC for a large redesign or a you know a rethinking of the entire project this is
8: chairman I looking at the staff report there's really kind of three areas with a lot of, where it does not meet the guidelines. I mean, one is generally speaking, uh, related to demolition or removal of features or structures. So there's that issue. That's something that isn't gonna be resolved by the ARC probably, I would say not. You know, the other things related to massing could potentially be done ARC depending on exactly how much that would tail and then the other things I would think are things that I think are generally ARC topics which are there's a lot related to the windows on the project a little bit about the materials on the project things related to the porch project so um I don't I don't have any objection sending it to the ARC but in terms of those what I would categorize as those three categories it you know, some of that is maybe not so much wiggle room. So, Lynn, I guess a question for you, perhaps, is in terms of the demolition, I mean, you recommended that it go to the ARC for some of this. I assume that if the recommendation is it goes to the ARC, that the fact that some of that may be demolished is, could be appropriate.
9: I think that's a discussion that the Historic Resources Commission would have to have before sending it to the ARC, whether or not it's appropriate to demolish that section of the structure. Um, It may may be that if the design is more compatible, it would um, negate some of the issues with demolishing the historic portion of the structure. So I think you would wanna have that conversation this evening about whether or not you're willing to entertain the demolition of that portion of the structure and, and direct the ARC to move forward with a design for those other issues. Or if you're not um, thinking it's appropriate to demolish that portion of the structure, then um, it wouldn't really be necessary to um, move it forward to the ARC for further design options,
6: Commissioner Holly. I'll just say I, I think, if this were sent to the ARC, I would be comfortable with the demolition myself. But I want to hear what the other, to echo your point, I want to hear what the other commissioners have because I don't want to send it to ARC if there are objections where it doesn't have a chance on coming back. Um, The demolition and the basic overall, the overall massing seem like fundamental issues that if we have a, not necessarily a vote, but a consensus of these are acceptable, then I think ARC could serve to do some good fine-tuning. I just want to make sure that that's everyone's okay with the general direction so we don't spin a review process that's unnecessary.
3: Um, this is Commissioner Klein. Um, I don't recall seeing a structural analysis and the cost of replacement. Was that something that was or was not submitted um, before or after the staff report?
1: That information was submitted um, during the review and was referenced in the staff report. I'd have to look to see where exactly in the application packet that
8: page. uh, This is Commissioner Meyer. I think it's on of your packet. It starts on page 46. (coughs) It's page 46 and page 46 through 48. I mean, it's quite frankly, not a very long analysis. I mean, it looks like a letter (coughs) and it's got some Basic cost information.
3: Okay, well, can you just uh, let us know what the cost of um, uh, repairing the foundation and the cost of replacing it uh, would amount to? This is
8: Chair Meyer again. It doesn't, it's not that specific. It basically says repair cost per square foot $300, new construction cost per square foot $200 and then basically takes it by the square feet. So the repair cost would be 82,000 and some change and the new construction cost would be 55,000 and some change. So it's not very specific. Thank
2: you. And I've never done this before, but how would you go about repairing a stone foundation that's 120 years old? You jack the house up disassemble all the rocks, replace the ones that have crumbled to sand and then reassemble it all seems kind of crazy, but things do wear out.
8: This is Commissioner Meyer. I think we have had people who've done that before. I mean, so is, I'm not yes. saying it isn't expensive or whatever, I'm just saying it's not something that hasn't been done.
0: There is a point of no return. where you have too much that is unstable and you cannot I mean you're saving five stones to replace 500.
2: yeah and even if you did do it would it even pass code
8: well and the longer people let things deteriorate without keeping up with them then the worse it gets yeah
0: well I guess the that addition with the stone foundation is not the one that bothers me it's the one on the South it's being rebuilt the same but slightly smaller set back from the street so it doesn't pinch in on that window trim but anyway I think that's a detail and as Commissioner Holly said I would be comfortable in making those kinds of you know uh, having those discussions and making those kind of uh, recommendations in ARC I don't have a big problem with the overall project I, it's um, I think it's designed well right now and it's a matter of can we get it to um, tick all those boxes I think,
6: I think it's, a thought, it's a thoughtful aesthetic approach mm-hmm. Move us into to the HRC
8: yeah, this is Commissioner Meyer. I oh, guess yeah. does anyone object to the demolition aspect of the project? That's really, I think, what we're dancing around about. Does anybody have a strong feeling about that?
0: No.
2: I don't either. I I think that the, the parts that they're wanting to demolish are fairly small and they're in really bad shape. But it's nice that they can save that middle, the most important part, and, Mm-hmm. Place that foundation. I think that's a good way to go. Yeah,
4: this is Commissioner Johnson, and um, I I echo the comments that it it's we don't want to reward uh, homeowners that just let a historic property disintegrate by saying, oh, well, yes, now it's so bad now you can t- demolish it. Um, but, uh, I am cognizant of the fact that at least, a, a portion of it will be saved and that this would make for better living conditions for future renters of this, um, property. So, um, so that being said, I'm, I'm okay with the demolition, but it, it does, um, rub me the wrong way that it's somebody letting a a property particularly a rental property disintegrate um over time
3: i agree with commissioner johnson
8: and this commissioner meyer just one more point i don't don't have any issue with that and sending it to the hrc i would just or arc but i would just say that the information provided about the structural analysis i personally find to be sparse and lacking very any significant detail this literally could be about any house in lawrence that's over mm-hmm. uh, 15 mm-hmm. years old mm-hmm. so i would expect in the future to especially when we're talking about demolition to have way more mm-hmm. detail about the structural analysis um, <clears throat> especially if you had one performed by somebody that there was a report by that person i think that would be very handy mm-hmm. i mean mm-hmm. just generally talking about windows and siding in the roof is uh mm-hmm doesn't meet my evidentiary Mm -hmm. standards so to speak but i'm a lawyer so i think like a lawyer all
0: right thank you so we have a a motion am i correct moved Mm
6: -hmm. i said hrc but i attend the arc so let me amend you made me
8: do that okay i'll second that all right
0: so we have a motion by commissioner holly and a second by commissioner meyer And we will take, and that is to send it to the ARC. Um, take a roll call vote. Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, yes. Commissioner Meyer. Uh, Commissioner Meyer, aye. Commissioner Ezzell.
2: Commissioner Ezzell, aye.
0: Commissioner Holly.
2: Commissioner Holly, aye.
0: Commissioner Klein. Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner um, Haynes commissioner kane's aye and chair coleman is an eye so we will get that scheduled thank you moving on to the original item number one dr 2300429 Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Okay, good evening again. This is item doctor 23-00429, and with this application, the applicant is requesting to construct an addition to the rear of the existing structure at 1712 Kentucky Street. The subject property is located in the environs of the Thaddeus D. and Elizabeth K. Prentice House at 1645 Kentucky Street, and requires a certificate of appropriateness review. This map shows the location of the subject property in relation to the listed property. The subject property is down here outlined in light blue, and then the listed property is highlighted in dark blue. This is the front southwest corner of the existing structure at 1712 Kentucky Street. The existing structure is a two-story detached dwelling with a basement and stone foundation. The applicant is requesting to construct a new two-story addition on the rear east elevation of the structure. The proposed addition would be clad with hardy plank lap siding with 5-inch exposure and smart trim would be used at the corners. Composition shingles would be used on the roof and the windows would be Anderson 100 series windows. This would be the proposed site plan for the property, showing the footprint of the addition in yellow. And then these would be the north and east elevations of the proposed addition. The east elevation would face the alley to the rear of the property. And then the south and west elevations of the proposed addition. The west elevation provided is a cross section and only shows the addition itself. It does not show the existing structure. The applicant did provide renderings of the proposed addition, showing the existing structure for comparison. This would be the west elevation, which would be visible from the front of the property facing Kentucky Street. And then this would be the north elevation showing the proposed addition to the rear of the existing structure. And then again, the south elevation of the structure uh, showing the, the proposed addition to the rear of the structure. Overall, the proposed project meets the standards and guidelines for review. The only concern for staff would be the exposed concrete foundation. Staff would recommend that it be clad with stone stone to match the foundation of the existing structure. But other than that, staff is of the opinion that the proposed project meets the standards and guidelines for review, and recommends issuing the certificate of appropriateness. Thank you. And with that, I'd be happy to stand for any questions.
4: Well, this is Commissioner Johnson. I have a question. So, um, if I mean, would the recommendation actually be that we would need to put a condition on this about the the stone cladding on the foundation?
1: Staff's recommendation is that the stone be used on the the foundation to match the existing structure. Um, But there are examples of concrete foundation, exposed concrete foundation throughout the environs. Uh, With this being an environs review, it's the least stringent review um, applied to a project. And so uh, that would be
4: at the discretion of the commission. And um, in the report, it mentioned um, windows. Is that still an issue or no? The
1: applicant has provided information on the windows being uh, proposed for the structure, and those would be the Anderson 100 series windows, uh, which have been approved by the HRC on similar projects in the environs. Thanks. Thank you. Would
0: the applicant like to um, address the commission?
10: Sure. Um, Paul Werner, Paul Werner Architects. Um, Yes, we, uh, we agreed to the windows. Um, I'd just like to remind the Commission we're, we're not in the Oregon, uh overlay district. We are just in the environs and if you looked at the aerial we're, we're like 25 feet almost outside of the environs, um, but we are uh, happy to do the Anderson A100 windows. Um, to be fair, we probably, um, we really don't want to uh, do the stone on the foundation. Um, We think you're going to see, you know, six or eight inches. It's in the back, um, the way Kentucky runs, and because of the size of the structures on both sides, you're just never going to see it. Um, We do think we've done um, an awesome design on the addition. It is a completely separate structure. The owner of the property has taken uh, very good care of uh, the main house, Um, and we already chose to build, like, a knee wall on both side so the second story so they're five feet tall and slope the roof so we're kind of hiding the bedrooms underneath the roof to make the structure um, shorter so it doesn't impact the existing house Um, which was a design choice we made that i think it's the right decision it makes the addition feel smaller it is a whole lot harder than making a full two-story and just putting trusses across the top. So I'd like to think maybe that outweighs the, um, the need to see a little stone on the back. But um, I'm happy to answer any questions. We think it's a good project and um, like to get started. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Any questions for the applicant? Do we have any public comment on this item? I see no public comment. Um, I'm in favor of this project. I think that the stone veneer on the foundation, well, I don't, let me look uh, a little harder at that. It'll be seen from the rear. wish I had those renderings back.
11: Wish I yes,
12: please.
1: <laughs> <coughs> and which elevation did you want? Um, The front
0: (laughs) and the south,
8: this is Commissioner Meyer. Uh, One thing that I would point out that was in the applicants packet. Not that I'm trying to split hairs, but as it was noted, is that the the area of the addition is not actually in the environs, so that environs circle <coughs> actually cuts. <laughs> you can see it on. Oh, you're right. Slide uh, <coughs> or page. I guess it would be 19 of the packet. <coughs> it really just kind of cuts through the original house on the property.
4: Mm -hmm.
8: So especially, I guess, if you're thinking about the foundation aspects of it, then really that new foundation is not even really in there. Do what you want to with that. Can I get you
6: on a retainer? (laughs) (laughs) Yes.
8: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Always looking for the loopholes is what I'm doing.
6: When I was looking at the wall sections later in the packet where it shows detailed of how close that grade is, (coughs) it's barely going to be able to see it.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Additional thoughts?
8: None.
0: None. I. I'd like to make a motion that we approve it as, uh, presented.
2: Commissioner Zell, I second.
0: Any discussion before we take a vote? No, no.
4: Um, we'll take a a vote then.
0: Commissioner Johnson.
4: Commissioner Johnson. Yes.
0: Commissioner Meyer. Commissioner Meyer. uh, I. Commissioner Azell.
2: Commissioner Azell, aye.
0: Commissioner Hawley?
2: Commissioner Hawley, aye.
0: Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Haynes? Commissioner Haynes, aye. Mayor Coleman is an aye. Thank you, good luck. Okay, moving on to item three of the agenda, DR 24, Zero zero
1: zero zero one. Nine hundred Pennsylvania. Okay. Again, this is item DR dash twenty four dash zero 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 one. And with this application, the applicant is requesting to construct a new residence and detached garage on the vacant lot at 900 Pennsylvania Street. The subject property is located in the environs of the Edmondson House at 936 Pennsylvania Street and requires a certificate of appropriateness review. This map shows the location of the subject property in relation to the listed property. Up here in the top left corner is the subject property outlined in light blue, and then the listed property again is highlighted in dark blue. This is a photo of the subject property from the Pennsylvania Street right of way. The property is currently a vacant undeveloped lot, and there is no record that the property has ever been developed. This would be the proposed site plan for the new construction. The proposed residence is shown in yellow and the proposed two-car garage in orange. This would be the front east elevation of the primary structure. Uh, Fiber cement lap siding with four-inch exposure and four-inch trim would be used on both the new structures. The primary structure would include a model limestone veneer around the front northeast corner of the structure. The roof of the structure would have white soffits and light-colored asphalt shingles and the windows used would be Anderson 100 series with black or dark bronze exterior finish. This would be the west elevation visible from the alley right of way. Here you can see the proposed primary structure uh, as well as the detached garage in the foreground of the elevation. The subject property slopes east to west, so the primary structure would include a daylight basement and then per the applicant in the submitted application materials, if the grading allows for it, the basement would include a walkout which would include doors as shown here on the west elevation of the structure. And then these are showing the south and north elevations of the structure. On the north elevation here at the center is where the, there would be a cutout in the structure for an outdoor patio. And then you can see how the grading changes uh, from the east to the west side of the property so that the proposed detached garage would be lower in elevation. And then the applicant also provided renderings of the project, which I'll walk through real quick. At the top is the northeast elevation looking towards the primary structure from the front property line. And then again, the east uh, elevation, looking straight on at the front of the new primary structure. Again, at the top is the southeast elevation, or a southeast view, uh, which provides another view of the primary structure from the front property line. At the bottom is the west, uh, west view, looking towards the new structure from the rear of the property again with the detached garage in the foreground. Then another rear view of the primary structure and garage on the north side. Overall, the proposed project meets the standards and guidelines for review. The new construction would be modern in design and would most closely match the character of the environs along Delaware Street which has had several newer additions and construction projects approved in recent years. The only concern for staff would be the use of cedar columns on the front porch. Unpainted wood is not typically considered an appropriate material type, and staff would recommend that the cedar columns be painted for compatibility. Uh, Other than that, staff is of the opinion that the proposed project meets the standards and guidelines for review and recommends issuing the certificate of appropriateness. And with that, I'd be happy to stand for any questions.
0: Thank you, Avery. If there are no commish- commissioner questions for Avery, we can move on to the applicant, if the applicant is present. Oh, Commissioner Klein, did you have a? The applicant can go ahead and speak first and then I'll okay. ask a
3: question.
0: Thank you.
8: Good evening. Um, Fran Locke with Schneider Associates Architecture. I'm the residential designer on this project. This is uh, Clay Weinock, the applicant. Um, we're here for questions. Um, I think the, the point was raised about the cedar columns. Um, the desire is to keep them just in their natural form because it is, goes very well with a, with a modern concept. Um, and it is uh, less maintenance for the, for the client.
3: If you have any questions. <laughs>
0: Any questions for
3: the applicant? Uh, This is Commissioner Klein. Um, I confess I did not uh, uh, read online newspapers to find out if perchance there had been some other structure um, on this property in the past. Um, So my question is um, uh, I'm wondering what you may find when you start digging. Do you have any knowledge at present on whether or not you're going to run into any underground sewers or uh, water lines or um, Uh, Anything from the 19th century, perhaps, (laughs) that you might not expect?
13: Not currently.
8: Um, I believe that the previous owner has moved some dirt from their construction from the, um, I think it was two lots north. Um, So that's all we're aware of for now. Okay.
0: Thank you. I've lost control of my computer.
8: (laughs) Public comment. Huh? Public comment.
0: Yes. Is there any public comment? No. Oh. There it is. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Items of discussion.
8: I think it's a good infill project which is what everybody's wanting. So
4: <clears> on <throat> um, this is commissioner Johnson. I I would agree with staff in that I would prefer the columns to be painted
6: As a neighbor, I think it will fit in well, and also think it's a good infill project. We'll need to replace those columns in 20 years. Um, Cedar left unexposed or treated is exceptionally well-lasting. I think it's mostly a staff It's an aesthetic consideration, correct?
0: Yeah, I don't have a problem with the cedar. Um,
3: I might add, just from personal experience, um, squirrels uh, enjoy eating cedar, so um, <laughs> That's true. they find it pretty tasty if it's not treated. Just an FYI.
6: I'll just, I'm not making a motion, but I'd personally be fine approving it, as is the app. There's lots of untreated wood in the environs, maybe not in the exact column, but major elements, um, applicant would just go on it in their own risk, but I think it'll be great.
0: Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Would anyone like to make a motion?
8: And I just, uh- well, I just want it noted when we're talking about the design of it, that it does say in the application materials that they do plan on installing solar panels on the West end. So if anybody didn't catch that? When you're talking about design or whatnot, that's their intention is to put that on the West end of the South facing roof. So that'll be a <coughs> separate issue, but one to consider.
1: Yes. And this is saber Kerner planning staff. I apologize that I, uh, neglected to mention that uh, that that information was included in the initial application submittal and um, with the new adoption of Chapter 22 um, staff is able to review solar panel projects that are visible from right- the public right of way administratively. And so that portion of the project is not um, being considered for review tonight and will be reviewed separately by staff.
8: And I just I, this is this is Commissioner Meyer. I just wanted to point it out because sometimes things happen later, and then some commissioner drives by and says, "What is that? We didn't know about that." So mm-hmm. I'm just saying that it was in here.
0: Yeah, they're clearly on so. the drawings. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would like to make a, a motion that we approve the submission as it is submitted. Second Okay. Any discussion before we take a vote? No. Um,
4: Commissioner Johnson? Commissioner Johnson no. Commissioner
0: Meyer?
2: Commissioner Meyer aye. Commissioner Ezell?
0: Commissioner Ezell aye.
6: Commissioner Hawley?
0: Commissioner Hawley aye. Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Klein aye. Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes aye. And Chair Pullman is an aye, so the motion passes uh, six to one. Good luck. Thank you. The next item, item four is DR zero zero four six oh nine 609 New Hampshire.
9: Good evening, Commissioners. Brett, Zollner, Historic Resources Administrator for the city. Um, this project is super exciting. If I can get to the right one. Which one are you
2: doing? Uh,
9: 609 New Hampshire, this one. Okay. Yeah,
14: yeah. Give me share,
9: all right 609 new hampshire street it is a rehabilitation it is a downtown design guidelines review and also a certificate of approval because it is located in the um, context area of the jb shane thompson studio located at 615 massachusetts street most of you will know this um, property is the journal world complex Um, It's this area outlined in the light green here. It encompasses the property from New Hampshire to Massachusetts Street from the alley that divides it from a small parking lot in 6th Street and then down about half a block. The National Register Historic District actually starts to the south of this and this property is not included in the National Register Historic District. This is a couple of slides looking at the Massachusetts Street elevation. Um, When this structure was built, there was a considerable amount of design input so that um, this was to house the printing press for the Journal World and it did not need a lot of windows or fenestration for the building and so the design solution at that time to break up the massing was to inset blind architectural details that um, gave the appearance of infield windows to try to help break up that overall massing and then of course there were other um, brick architectural detailing on the structure itself. And this is showing that um, southern half of that Massachusetts Street elevation. As I'm sure most of you have walked by this many times, there's a gate um, that runs along the sidewalk here. So this section of the building is actually recessed a little bit. This is showing that north end of the structure, the loading dock structure area. Um, And part of the proposal, this would actually become a courtyard. And then this is showing the um, western, I'm sorry, the eastern half of that north elevation. This is showing the east elevation and so we are talking about the building all the way from the alley here all the way through to the loading dock here. Um, This is a phased project, so there's kind of a big overall project and then specifically a restaurant portion of the project that was more detailed in the staff report. For the overall project, um, this would remain the primary entrance to the structure. Uh, The roof of this section of the building would be removed and there would be an open courtyard space on the interior. Um, And then this would all be rehabilitated with windows and door changes to accommodate the new uses. This is showing that specific area um, that's part of the detailed application for the proposed new restaurant. This is the overall site plan of the proposed project. This here at the 613-615 New Hampshire Street is that new restaurant that has the detailed information in your packet. And this is just showing how the rest of the property is going to be broken into um, different sections for different uses. This shows that main building along New Hampshire Street would remain with the roof coming off that section of the building to have that interior courtyard access some quick um rendering showing uh, what i was mentioning before where they would take those existing architectural detailings on the structure and actually open those up into windows so that this um, West elevation of the structure along Massachusetts Street would be activated. There would be um, two doors on this elevation. The fence that has that recessed area would be maintained. That would be a little courtyard area um, that could be utilized by the new businesses. And then here on the very north end, you see there would be a new um, small fence here that creates a courtyard around that loading dock area this is a better rendering showing um, those uh, loading dock doors would be infilled with glazing systems um, to allow for the new use and then the creation of that little courtyard area there on the corner this is kind of showing a a view from um, New Hampshire Street, to give you an overall, um, it's, it's quite the large project. It's very exciting to see this being proposed to reactivate this um, section of downtown that's been vacant for some time now. But this shows the roof being gone and, and that open yard cart, courtyard is part of the proposal. And then this is the restaurant proposal um, that is uh, part of your application for this evening. This is showing that elevation in a little bit more detail. That main door entry would stay the same um, to go into that courtyard area. This is a little bit of a close-up of the restaurant area that's part of the application for this evening. If you'll notice, the intention is to paint the existing red brick white and to have wood timber columns to support the canopy. This actually here on the left side of your screen is an addition that would enclose the existing um, loading dock canopy to allow for um, needed space for the restaurant, primarily their smoker units. It's a barbecue restaurant, so that would be enclosed, and then you would have um, the open restaurant area here. The parking lot that exists in front of the structure would be maintained as a parking lot but also would be designed so that it could be roped off at some points and used as extra outdoor space. This is showing that new um, brick addition, the brick and the storefront glazing system to create this new addition. Uh, Something that's actually pretty exciting about this is if you've noticed, there's a little alley that goes through between the Journal World building and then the um, building that's closest on the south. And they would be opening a new alley entry into the building and activating this west elevation um, off of the alley that goes through here. This is a close-up showing, um, again, that where the restaurant would be uh, showing the painted brick, the new white um, brick, the glazing system, and the wood columns. This is a very unique project. We don't have this type of structure downtown. This is really only our big um, industrial complex that we have located in downtown. And it's exciting to see it being rehabilitated in such a way that it doesn't cause for the demolition and waste of building materials and energies that are already embodied into a structure that's already been constructed. Um, Concerns for the staff reviewing this with the guidelines and the overall context of um, the Shane Thompson studio is that we don't have white brick and downtown Lawrence. We do have some historically painted brick buildings that have been painted like colors, and I believe there are a couple that are white downtown. So there, it does exist, it's just not common. We do not have um, unpainted wood timbers as supports for canopies downtown or in storefronts. The guidelines actually speak to not having um, rough or unpainted wood timbers in storefront areas. They're not specific to timbers for uh, canopy structure. So those are all things that can be considered. Um, This was really challenging for staff to try to look at that context area and um, recognizing that the applicant really wants to create a project where their restaurant stands out and has its unique identity in a building that's um, rather large and nondescript in some ways and especially on this New Hampshire street side and so being sympathetic to that and looking at their design options Um, but staff looking at those design guidelines and that overall character of the neighborhood and those two elements not really being, um, part of the existing character of the area, um, was concerned and thought that perhaps discussions with the Architectural Review Committee could work with the applicant on some design alternatives that might help them achieve their overall goal and better meet the downtown design guidelines. The, um, soapbox part of my my presentation would be painting brick Um, painting brick is rarely if ever a good um, treatment for the masonry structure brick um, is porous and breathes and usually painting brick will seal the brick so that it will trap moisture inside as um, Brick is meant to allow moisture to move through the brick from the interior to the exterior so that if you have um, humidity or um, damp on the interior, it can migrate out. Um, Also, when you get rain and snow and weather effects on the exterior, it does seep into the brick. Um, Moisture that gets trapped in brick can cause the brick structure itself to fail with spalling and um, other significant issues down the road so the secretary of the interior does not recommend painting brick so that would be one of the concerns for staff with painting that brick that exists and with that i'd be happy to stand for any questions that you may have
0: one clarification i have are we uh, reviewing the general overall project and the first phase or just the first phase
9: the entire project, the general overall project, all the opening, all those openings on the um, uh, Massachusetts Street elevation and the conversion of those loading dock doors on that north elevation, the, the whole thing, and then with more detail on the restaurant portion.
0: Okay. So we're, will there be more phases that will come back?
9: It looks like from the design and the information that the applicant has submitted that there won't be a lot more changes to the rest of the structure. Um, If there are, they would probably be an administrative review and not a full commission review, simply because their goal right now is to maintain that structure and just do the um, minimal modifications to make it um, more interactive with the environment. Okay. Thank you.
0: Any other questions for, for staff before we hear, hear from the applicant?
4: Well, I have, I have one. This is Commissioner Johnson. I really love seeing those windows on Massachusetts Street. I <coughs> Long walked past there and went, oh, if those were only windows. Um, I'm wondering about on the New Hampshire side, that main entrance, there's a big blank wall there Was there any discussion of some windows along there?
9: We have not had those discussions with the applicant about doing any additional fenestration in this wall right here. It is an existing structure, and so um, with their intent to remove um, the roof and have that as an open courtyard, there won't really be building behind that wall it'll be that open courtyard space so um, i don't know if that's something that they might consider in the future or if that's a discussion that you would like to have with them this evening thank you is the applicant
0: present and would you like to address the commission Yes.
15: sure i've got a thumb drive i'm gonna try and put it in here Okay, just bear with me one second here. <clears throat> I also need to share the screen here.
12: Yeah, load that off, share screen, and uh, start slideshow on your PowerPoint.
15: Gotcha. Thank you, Kurt. Um,
1: Should be able to hit
15: Okay. <clears throat> I don't think that's the right
1: one. Yeah, you're right. So mm-hmm. in the oh, bottom. <laughs>
15: you like, come on over. Thank you. I think I, I think I need to do it through Zoom. Okay, it's a little bit premature to load these slides because that's really for the Q39 portion. So my name's Patrick Watkins, I'm a local attorney. I'm here on behalf of um, 3D Development. Uh, Eric Wolfschlager is on the uh, Zoom call and Dave Heron is with me here tonight. Um, and Lynn is right, this is an exciting project um, and you've probably heard a little bit about it. Um, I wanna set a little bit of the context here though. It's exciting because um, From a preservation standpoint we've seen a number of applications that on this parcel um lynn's seen them probably more than your board and and it would go back a ways uh, before we saw the last but i think there's been two demolition permits for this site that have been considered over the years this is probably the first um, legitimate development that's actually considered saving the building you know we had a conference center years ago that was slated for here just just recently uh, i think in 2020 they were considering a a grocery store and apartments. So this is the first developer uh, to come to town um, with a development proposal that considers saving the building. Um, And there's some things to save here. Um, So as a community, this is the first time we've seen an adaptive reuse. Uh, Certainly as Lynn mentioned, one of the largest uh, of the development projects that you're gonna see in the downtown area, 70,000 square feet. It's also exciting to bring to you all this development because it comes from a developer that has a track record of being able to accomplish just this type of industrial to new use conversion. 3D development um, has had success in the Crossroads District. If you haven't visited their website or heard about them, they have, um, they have a great website. Um, but you should take a look at that when you get the opportunity. They're perennially recipients of architectural awards, preservation awards. Um, I, I'm honored to be here on their behalf. They have some exciting things going on in Kansas City. Um, so it's great to have an interest of a developer that's familiar with preservation and really the preservation that's needed for downtown Lawrence. Um, I could say a lot of things about Q39, but I think there's like a rule that it has to speak for itself, um, barbecue that is. Um, so I, I'll let them do the speaking. Um, but. As you guys have found, there's really two parts to this. This is the overall project, and Eric Wolschläger will walk through sort of the design on the overall project. And then Dave will walk through what's going on with the Q39, because that's really where um, the HRC interest lies. And then I'll follow up with a couple of concluding thoughts, and then be happy to respond to questions. So Eric, are you with us?
16: I am here. Can everybody hear me? Yep. I'll let you you share. Yeah, I can, um, I'll just quickly try to show um, a few things. You know, honestly, Lynn, you did a fantastic job um, walking through the project and giving an overview. But um, as mentioned, my name's uh, Eric um, Wolschläger, and I am uh, one one part of 3D development here in Kansas City. Um, As mentioned, we specialize in historic rehab, um, breathing new life into, you know, and in Kansas City, an old creamery building, an old piggly, piggly wiggly um, warehouse sitting in the Crossroads Freight House District, um, the Corrigan Station uh, Tower that sits in the middle of the Crossroads, and, and currently spending a lot of time on the 230,000 square foot um, Kansas City Star production um, and press facility. Um, That is there and it's not that we have a penchant for rehabbing newspaper facilities, but um, we do really love um, Finding ways to use some of these historic shells or even just um, what we think are um, You know really really well-constructed walls um, You know helps make the projects uh, just all that easier if you've got a lot of stuff already started and built But obviously we love Massachusetts Street um, and agree and I can go through facade by facade if needed Um, We just always have agreed that this facade uh, has a big opportunity to to, um, breathe a little more daylight into the structure and really interact more with the street. And so, as mentioned, um, on the southwest corner of this project here, um, kind of framed in here as a square, this uh, section is going to be intended as a new 15,000 square foot office user um, that will activate this old patio with their own individual entrance. Um, they'll have kitchen and dining facility right off the front of it so their employees can um, eat and socialize out on this patio um, while also entering and exiting the prop- property from there. Um, the north uh, northwest corner, um, has an opportunity to you know be more office up on the upper floors, which we're receiving significant interest in, um, potentially another ground floor office or retail space. Um, we do have an LOI out on a retailer here. Um, and then as you continue to go around the property, you know as mentioned again, we'll wall in a little area that would be um, you know a courtyard or patio. The projects we're calling the press yards, um, the press being the obvious portion of that, Name the yards because of you know multiple indoor outdoor spaces um, that really feet are featured on this project. Whether it's you know lower level courtyard and patio or upper level um, patios that that kind of help communicate um, out to the main street. Even as we look across the north facade, which is an old alleyway, um, our plan is to you know breathe life and and really lean into um, what is a, a cool rail spur. Um, and find ways to help the building communicate that, whether it's um, engaging with local artists, um, again, punching out old openings that have been bricked um, shut or old doors, turning into um, ways, again, for this project to communicate out. Um, it was discussed and shown here this uh, unfortunately uh, unusable roofed-in area here, which is very deep and dark, as pointed out, there are zero windows uh, on the east facade of this building. Um, and we thought, rather than try to repair and figure out a use for this really deep and dark space, um, it was best to rip the roof off and create uh, a really cool gathering place, um, something that could be you know greatly appreciated on Massachusetts Street um, or in this corridor here. And so again, um, this facade, While it has no windows, we really love the original opening here. Um, And we think it's kind of a secret garden type entrance where, you know, for those who know, you walk through this thing and all of a sudden you're greeted by uh, towering trees, you know, video screen, yard games, um, you know, organic materials uh, really lining the floor of that. Um, Again, with the property, you know, having a small food hall or a little tiny um, retail kiosk in here being able to communicate inside and outside. Um, And again, um, we love the idea. We do a lot of smaller office suites in Kansas City. We know there's um, especially, uh, you know, these one to... 10-person companies uh, are the people coming and populating offices, going to lunches, um, networking, meeting, mingling. We see a huge demand for these. And so again, um, this smaller executive wing of the building we think repurposes well as smaller office suites to complement the larger office spaces. Um, as well as the potential for a small retail, possibly coffee shop on the lower level. Which then brings us to um, what we'll probably spend the most time speaking on tonight. Again, so far what I've shown you, um, and again, we can, we can go through um, page by page if you want to, or we can share this to show we're taking old enclosed openings and popping them open. Um, the, for the most part, that's what this project is about when we get to this um, old loading dock area, um, we, this was an original um, design that you know Q39 has since enhanced. This probably represents the most significant change for the entire facade of the project. So I'll go ahead and pause there if there's any questions for, for us as the developer. I can definitely field those now or later, um, but I think my main goal here is to, to really introduce uh, Dave with uh, the architect for the uh, Q39 project.
0: Thank
12: you, Eric. Come on up <clears> there. <throat> Hi, good evening. Uh, David Heron with Herron and Partners. I'm a sole practitioner in Kansas City. Um, I was uh, asked by the owner of this project through an, another project to uh, propose a design for um, 613 and 615, which is the southeast corner of the, of the project. Um, let me see here if I can share. I
1: think your screen- can you share
12: just yep. All right. Gotcha. Thank you. Um, I do want to point out that Q39 is going to take ownership of these two buildings. So we are going to have our, our own property, our own separate entity. And, uh, she wanted to be an owner and not a tenant. And, uh, she's also, you know, an anchor tenant, if you will, and uh, wants to be part of the community and be a fixture here. So I think that's very important and and part of the reason why I think she wants to invest uh, in this property. So as you can see from the first slide, uh, I think you're familiar with the site, but we are basically the loading dock for the press building. Uh, It's a utilitarian use. It's not architecturally that attractive, uh, needs some love, and we're hoping that we can provide that. what I wanted to show here on the two slides, the slides on the left with the orange line are the, uh, the major development of the project in which the facades are staying intact, and the red are the areas that we're proposing to do modifications. The dashed line would be a new addition on, um, on the east side. Um, what I have added here is the percentage of facade for the east, north, and west elevations. And as you can see, um, our portion of Q39 on New Hampshire is about 9% of the overall facade of the project. Um, one key component in how we kind of got here is that, you know, for us to provide the same services that they're providing in Kansas City, we had to have a super large kitchen, uh, not necessarily for. Um, Uh, use in the restaurant but for catering and other such things that we think are optimal for the for the business Um, but because we are right up against the south and the west property line there's no place for trash there's no place for the smokers which are essential to the business and so we started looking at the loading dock and the loading dock provides that opportunity for us to to put that equipment but again that's back of house equipment it's not very attractive and so we were trying to come up with a way to shield that and we also wanted to expand the kitchen uh, and that's what you're seeing in the red zone and then also create a new entry uh, on uh, 613. Again if you start to look at New Hampshire holistically um, we're basically nine percent of the overall complex development and 32% of New Hampshire when it comes to facade coverage. And if you break that down a little bit further, uh, up atop is the existing building rendering and then what we're proposing is down below with the new new construction here uh, in the foreground uh, that would shelter and uh, concealed the smokers, allowed us an expansion of the kitchen, an indoor-outdoor operable door to allow for activation of the parking lot, which we're hoping to achieve for seasonal use. And then what we have remaining um, is um, the red zone, and that is the existing building. And so what we try to do is take cues from the existing building to help create the new architecture. And so, the things, the elements that we try to do is we've tried to respect the corbelling and, and basically avoid uh, impacting it, and we put the canopy, which is part of what's already there, we just took and created a new one uh, with a colonnade, and to keep that nice horizontal line going across the building, uh, we put it in what I'm calling a freeze layer, and um, and that way again we're not uh, we're not being disruptive to the existing brick and then we're also holding it off of the north side so it doesn't engage the existing historical building and so these are just some of the details when you get up to it uh, we have the, the intermediate zone here which is what I'm calling the freeze and that's where it will extend the canopy uh, the corbeling actually stops and terminates with the existing canopy which would be removed um, we're, we're emulating the columns. We are proposing to do wood timber columns because that is part of the vernacular that we're developing as a company. And we want to have some uh, similarities and concepts with the, the new and future restaurants that we may have. Um, and I also included this slide. Um, one of the reasons I think we also landed on the painted brick is because when you do an infill brick, to me, it becomes a little bit of a hodgepodge of you know trying to match mortar trying to match the brick and things like that so we thought that to make the building cohesive um for the existing part that we could possibly paint it so um, very thankful for lynn's explanation i actually taught building science so at ku um so uh she's exactly right like if we if you paint the brick with the wrong paint it's going to create problems. So, there is a a breathable elastomeric coating that we could use, um, and we're proposing. There's also stain that we've started looking into, which has a little bit more durability. I have to check on the breathability, but it is an option that we are exploring and are willing to explore. This is kind of a a view of the south. There's really not a lot of the building that is exposed. There's the the portion here of the loading dock before it hits the adjacent loading dock to the building to the south. And then also showing kind of the alleyway. So again, just a, a, a small change to what would be visible. And so this is a more developed drawing that I've been working on since, since we've submitted. So up top it shows the existing condition, and on the bottom it shows uh, the new proposed condition. And so again, right here would be an infill window that just not working with our kitchen layout for uh, the layout and security and whatnot. And so that would be an infill brick area that we would need to address. This is uh, from the Mass Street west side, again, uh, talking about this interest that we have in activating the alleyway. And so again, a very small portion of the existing building is visible. This is a picture of that from Mass. And as you can see, it's not a, a brick masonry building, it's actually a concrete block, and it's painted. So. Um, so we're trying to figure out you know, how do we dress this up, make it more pl- interest for people, and, 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 and better you know, uh, focal point from the end of the alley to draw people in. The other thing I wanted, you know, again, we're dealing with trash service, and there's a lot of different things that we have to do on the back of the building. This is our only alley access. Uh, the 615 building is the only one that's at this elevation that we can service, and so it was the natural home for the kitchen. And so we have to have our service back here, and there's no place to put our trash. So that's what the large overhead door is, is going to enclose. Uh, then we have our main service access. and a a utility door. And then on the uh, left side, you'll see here, is we're proposing a nice storefront. We'd like to illuminate that, uh, provide, you know, we'll go down a signage path on on what's appropriate there, and then a small canopy for protection. And this is just a uh, a small uh, rendering of that, but you can see the modifications to the building. We were proposing to paint this. I think we're open to suggestions, um, and so we can, you know, work with you on on that as well. And then this is the, just, you know, back to the front east of New Hampshire elevation of what we're looking at. And again, I, you know, it's utilitarian in nature, and compared to the rest of the development, this is the ugly duckling. And so the question for me is, as an architect, is like, how do you do something that's appropriate? How do you do something that's, you know, takes the right scale, perhaps the right materials, and, um, and 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 apply it in a way that was emulating something that's there and so my owner uh, directive was to investigate this uh white masonry so we've looked at this endicott glaze we've looked at there's not a lot of white brick but there is a handful we um we have landed on this one we think it's nice because it's rusticated it, it doesn't look shiny and new it has a little bit of texture to it um, The metal panel would be an access to that, and that would be for the overhead canopy fascia, and that would come down on the south side. And then uh, for the underbelly of the uh, soffit, we would like to clad that in either cedar or a composite. I'm with you all, I kind of like the the composite if it's a good one, because it doesn't rot, and it keeps its uh, color and integrity longer. And so this is an updated rendering of our concept of what we think this could look like and um, we hope that you guys are as excited about the project as we are and we're willing to take comments
15: thank you Dave. <clears throat> I'll leave this up I, I just have a couple of concluding thoughts um, the design guidelines you all are familiar with this is the downtown overlay district um, it calls out the level of review to be applied to applications like this the highest level of review is for individually listed product Um, properties or properties that are contributing to the district this as lynn properly noted is not in the district Um, it's in the overlay area but it's also not listed it's not um it's not contributing to a district Um, the design guidelines specifically say that less scrutiny is applied to projects in environs that's the expectation for this project is my understanding Um, the the goals of design review are also stated on on page seven and eight of the design guidelines They simply state these guidelines are not meant to dictate design choices or to serve as a checklist for good design. They're also not intended to be applied in such a stringent manner as to prevent creative or contemporary design. Um, You all are familiar with these design guidelines. That's our expectation for this review. Um, And we certainly appreciate Lynn's review. We did meet with her um, on a number of occasions. She's been accessible. uh, accessible. Um, This has been a long time in planning. Um, And she noted that most of the project meets the design guidelines. And and I don't want to miss the opportunity to say what a major accomplishment that is. This is a 70,000 square foot uh, downtown building. How often are we going to be able to apply the design guidelines to such a large footprint? And if applied to maybe 10 buildings in a row on Mass Street, like in this case, it, it would be the equivalent size, how often would we allow a deviation of one or two times? So, I would like to at least have that context taken into account here, that this is a massive project. Um, We should also note that all of the Mass Street frontage, that main corridor of the downtown district, meets the design guidelines here. And and that's also an accomplishment. Uh, Mass Street is the side of the building that faces the historically designated property. New Hampshire Street is the secondary area as far as the design guidelines are, are concerned and certainly the 600 block of New Hampshire has its own issues with development uh, and need. Um, design review issues are really found in this loading dock area and, and I, I need to note um, that uh, Under every circumstance, this loading dock area is going to need some attention. Any development proposal is going to probably require some uh, significant design areas. I I look at this rendering, and um, I'm compelled to tell you that I used to deliver papers for the journal world, and I used to walk into this circulation area on a daily basis. And and it needs help. Um, So under every scenario, I think you're going to see a lot of design changes uh, to this area. We're confident you all take this into account. Um, We're happy to respond to questions uh, that you might have. Uh, We're pleased to bring this to your attention tonight.
0: Thank you, Patrick and Eric and David. I do have one question. We have this, um, this view up here of this facade. And can you, maybe David could point to, just for clarification for all the commissioners, what where the new part is and how much will that loading dock be removed and then this new part built and kind of where's the end of the new part
12: yeah sure okay so um let me see can you see my mouse
0: yes Mm -hmm. all right
12: see where the people are standing Mm -hmm. that is the end of the loading dock and so um we haven't engaged my engineer yet but per my discussions that that loading dock should be able to take a new construction load on top of it and so we are going to infill and kind of slide in front of it with the new facade so the new facade um, does extend further past the loading dock to this edge of the garage door so the areas that are painted would be here here and above this commissioner
8: meyer patrick you uh kindly and repeatedly remind us of what the guidelines stated um as you noted we know them is this your hill that you're dying on i mean get, because in terms of the staff report it's generally i mean pretty positive and optimistic the only thing really of issue is the white paint in the cedar columns. so is this it this is the hill that you i mean that you're yeah we've
15: had the conversation on. about white paint it, it's unfortunately um in the design guidelines, that um, even though there's a lot of painted buildings downtown, uh, you have to recommend against it. Um, this building will be white. Um, the columns, I think there's probably some some wiggle room on. We're happy to go to ARC to talk about these things, but we've had the discussion. On you're it. like
8: I, we're making this white no matter what. That's what that's what you're saying. Uh,
15: you know, we're happy to talk about it. We're you know there's some there's some architectural discussions about what happens, but this area needs to be distinguished. Um, they are building new facilities in other places. They're white um and this will comply Other with their places. um in kansas city they have okay new, new openings. Kansas city
8: not lawrence yeah okay
15: i wouldn't say it's a hill we're dying on um i think there's a lot of good things to say about this um but it's 3.9 percent, or 3 percent of the facade is going to
12: be white
8: so the new part of this why does it have to be brick
12: we thought it was contextual so i mean that's what i'm saying like we the owner really likes the brick, and they have iron spot bricks in under this building on their other projects, and which I think are gonna eventually be white. But um, no, that was the aesthetic directive that, that I was given. And so I'd say the only difference is is I've been looking at a thin brick versus a full-size brick because of space and weight and all those things that we have to consider. <clears throat> but um, no, we thought it was appropriate to blend, you know, we were just gonna do it new. Rather than just paint everything, we were gonna actually bring a white fired brick
0: well before we die on hills i would like to say that i think this is a wonderful project and i love to see uh, the ideas and the plans and um, somebody actually taking care with this anchor of the north end of downtown so um with that i mean the reason you don't see very many painted brick buildings is because it does destroy the brick. So I appreciated the offer you know, of looking at stains and other things. I don't know how a stain would bleach out a red brick to be white, but maybe technology has found a way. I, I don't know, but um, it is, I see what the vision is to make it look like one mass you're you're taking one part of a very large building and trying to make it look like its own um, its own thing so so i get it uh and i wonder if how that will play you know with the white glazed brick beside the painted brick i don't know but these kind of details i don't think are appropriate for the commission to discuss i think that if Unless, well, well, you all tell I mean, me, but uh, I think that it's always
8: appropriate
3: for the commission to discuss, <laughs> quite frankly. Yeah, I think it's appropriate to talk about white,
15: and, and we're not afraid of frank discussions. I, I appreciate Commissioner Myers, um cut to the chase. We're happy to talk about these things, but- um, we I'm just
0: saying, about. let's not throw out the, you know, the good thing for the little uh, problem. Let's address the little problem in an appropriate way.
3: Well, well clear, I'm not if sp- we're being asked, to, I'm sorry. Go
0: ahead,
8: Jeannie.
3: Um, yeah, Commissioner Klein. Um, if we're being asked to talk about the whole project and not just the Q39 portion of it, um, I have several questions. Um, I want to reiterate what Patrick said about. Um, I think this is fabulous that we're that the developer is choosing to redevelop, uh, re- reuse, I should say, reuse of uh, the existing building, and and I want to congratulate um, the. Conceptualizers for that. Um, when I when I first saw the white, yeah, it it shocked me. Okay, and I'm trying to imagine a platinum white, um, which is going to glare and and call. I would say undue attention to itself. Um, and I don't think it needs that much attention for a, a new restaurant. Um, I like the idea of a softer kind of a white. I mean, this this rendering right now in date in uh, nighttime or or twilight. I guess you could say um looks reasonable but when i think about a stark white a platinum white i'm thinking white castle <laughs> even though there's no castle here involved um anyway but but these are personal uh, aesthetic choices um one of my big questions was going back to the north end um, why would you take the parking lot away from the um uh parking for uh city hall
16: what what's shown in there right now is just conceptual i wouldn't I mean that parcels uh you know a separate parcel nothing that we own um we've just kind of played around with the idea of what we would do with it if we were to have it as part of this entertainment and uh, mixed-use project
3: okay because obviously if you want to make this uh both you know retail uh restaurant office spaces um coffee house you know um courtyard et cetera, to hang out and, and have meetings and what what have you um people are going to need parking for this place and so i'm, I'm wondering where are you planning on, on having people park the people we, who use this you know every day as well as the, the people who use it at the night where, where are they going to park
16: and, and we've had dis- discussions with the city um and, and utilizing the um underutilized uh, hundreds of parking stalls that exist just to the northeast um along the riverfront uh there in the in the old uh mall and current hotel so I think you know we what we've done just through studying parking in the area is there's ample parking um within a six block radius but there's plenty within a you know half a block radius as well
3: okay I'm I'm just thinking that even that 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 lot 10 at the top could add some more parking for this particular development you know as well as for folks who um come i always think of that parking lot as as a place for uh people who are attending city commission and, and all kinds of commission meetings and stuff that it's nice and handy to be right across the street like that and yes there is the northeast um parking lot but um i'm just you know concerned about that parking lot i, I just we, it'd
16: be nice to yeah people. no i i completely agree and i think you know everybody would park inside of their favorite place um as close as they could if it was possible and i think what we find is um, especially in developing communities, developing things that are worth um, transiting to destinations, um, walkable city streets, um, enjoyable facades like this one that you know not only look attractive but um, have multiple uses where they may have roped off and have you know game day activations and things like that. These are all things that people want to walk toward, um, and that's really the focus of all of our developments: is green environments people want to enjoy inside and out. Um, and the thought of walking five or ten minutes towards something like that um, really starts to evaporate. And and so I, you know, completely agree. I think there's always room to add more parking and convenience to anything you do. However, there's there's a trade off with that too. If you know, uh, in terms of creating an an environment that is worth being at, um, parking lots are not always the most attractive things to see um, as you walk up to a space. So I mean, that's that's just it's a balance. But we we believe there's there's ample parking in this area and we can zoom out on a map and and highlight all the city lots in the area but we've talked at length with the um city about that
4: well and this is commissioner johnson we're i mean the 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 parking lot there is a public lot and isn't part of this right at the moment there's no correct yeah exactly right yeah exactly yeah I just it's, wanted to make nice clear that parking lot wasn't going away. Not under yeah.
6: HRC's purview.
4: That, that I'll just make parking a comment. lot. I
6: think this is going to be, a, this looks great. I think why it looks, it's going to look awesome. Um, and that's without my HRC hat. But I think it's going to look great. On the south, on the block, I work on the block immediately to the south. There are three light or painted brick blocks that I buildings that exist one block to the south i think contextually it's going to fit from an owner's hat and longevity hat i'd be curious does it make sense to you know i'm an architect too um, does would it be a better building and have better curb appeal um, for continuity of the sheen of the white like do you adjust the weeps and actually laminate existing brick onto the new and Mm -hmm. make it a big mass wall and there's no paint differentiation but that's details that are the smaller group and maybe with hrc input also point out um i don't know if you've talked with prosoco here in town um i bet they'd love to help and they do all sorts of cleaning and staining recommendations to get to where this is Um, i'd wholeheartedly recommend um sending this to the arc for tweak level i uh, think it's going to be a fit in and be a boon to downtown
0: if uh if there are continued clarification questions we can do that but i think we need to take some public comment before we really get into uh, discussion if there's any public <laughs> comment <coughs>
5: Good evening, commissioners. Dennis Brown uh, on the board of the Lawrence Preservation Alliance. Our president, Mike Delaney, is out of town this week, but we've discussed this. Uh, I just have to use the word that's being used over and over again tonight, as LPA is excited about this project. Uh, First off, uh, just to have a project that's not going to scrape the site clean of all of that brick and throw it somewhere. I don't know where ne- next to where the stadium is probably. Uh, that's a that's an editorial comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a a huge bonus. Inter- improving the interaction of the west wall of this building with the street level on Massachusetts Street is huge. the The courtyards are. I I agree with the developer are going to. Uh, be an exciting prospect for people walking through the building and then there's the courtyard. It's just, it's going to be a fun thing. Uh, LPA, we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, We would not be uh, recommending denial of of this project based on the findings that are in the staff report. That being said, we do feel like uh, it would be great if the Q39 architect and developer could, could uh, meet with the ARC and see if certain things could be adjusted or worked out. Uh, I say this because uh, buildings should last longer than people. Buildings frequently last longer than businesses. When you're making a decision on a building that's irreversible and painting the brick, it's not going to become unpainted. Maybe somebody later on doesn't want white and they want it blue or gray or something. That adds additional coats of paint, more opportunities for paint failure and uh, future maintenance. Um, That's something worth pondering just taking a step back and pondering and see if, if there's something that may be in the middle that could, could work out in some regard. And that's where I would like to pivot from my LPA self to my professional old house painter self, uh, 45 years plus painting older houses in Lawrence and working as a color designer. Um, my I have several thoughts that maybe could help uh, spur discussion at at the ARC level. One being, and uh, Commissioner Klein already brought this up, a cream color would be way more compatible with the rest of the brick of this half a square block structure than a white. Um, And I guarantee you if you did that Color professionals would be saying, oh, that cream color looks great. Everybody else is going to be saying, that white looks great. That's just going to be the way it is. It's something to think about. I, I don't have any experience with uh, masonry stains, but that's something that they've been at least thinking about and I think should also be explored. Another thing I think should be explored, I realize the white, it's... It's part of the Q39 brand. So the point I'm about to make is, does a branding color have to be on the entire building? Um, I think about, just for a point of reference, large interior spaces where there's a, a, a main field color But then the client wants to have uh, accent walls. So there's a color that's an accent wall. What if the branding color on the exterior of this building was thought of more like in an an accent wall uh, thought process? Uh, Obviously, where the sign is, where your entry doors are, you want that branding color, but does it have to be everywhere else, too. On this picture here, uh, this rendering here, the uh, top of the building that's over the, uh, so that's a canopy there, that, what, two or three feet? Would the building look better if if that was a continuation of the red brick that kind of connects it to the rest of the structure? Uh, maybe there are other walls uh, on the side or, or the west elevation where mm, you really don't have to paint it white to denote that you're Q39. Uh, I think that would be an interesting discussion uh, to think about at the ARC level. Elastomerica is an interesting idea, although I worry a little bit about that Elastomerica generally a heavy bodied material that has high bonding qualities so I would worry a little bit over time about that maybe causing a spalling of the outer face of the brick but um, I appreciate the uh, general tenor of this discussion on both sides, that there is room for some conversation. And maybe the conversation doesn't go anywhere. But before an irreversible decision is made, now's the time to just double check. Have we th- are we thinking of all our options? Do we have to paint the entire building? Are there alternative painting materials that could work? Now's the time to do that at ARC, and uh, uh, best of luck on the project.
0: Thank you. Is there any other public comment? No? Okay, um, I, I agree with Dennis that there are options that can be explored, and we would be remiss if we did not. Explore those. I think that it's a wonderful project, and I don't want to see anything changed except for that painted brick. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Commissioner Meyer. Yeah,
8: this is Commissioner Meyer. Dennis, you mentioned the branding, and I, that was interesting. I hadn't thought about that, but my my Google search of Q39 indicates that the the South location has actually got red brick on its facade, <laughs> right in Kansas City.
15: Both of them have or updated and the
8: other one's got red stonish stuff anyway um but so i mean just aesthetically i mean do i like this looking at it yeah i mean but i'm i'm always i guess i always think about the standards that we have and more importantly i always i'm always worried about precedents that we're setting for other properties especially when we're talking about downtown so um i think there's Maybe three people in this room: Dennis, myself, and Lynn, who uh, were involved in the Oriad Hotel project, um, which was, I think, everybody thinks was a great major project for Lawrence. <coughs> um, and I, this is this is way a, a bazillion times easier to talk about than that project was. But you know, we think about what you know what people who come after us want to want to think about when they're asking for whatever for their project everybody thinks they have a great project everybody thinks that the exceptions are are appropriate to their project so um that's just as what is in the back of my mind now also to the point about the color white i don't know i mean i don't know uh, that is an a that's an erc a- thing i will remind people that just as an ex a small example of white sunflower ceramics uh, 10th of new hampshire is white brick painted <clears throat> on the corner there um not justifying it or maybe I'm just being devil's advocate but um, so that that is down the street from there Um, so but it was a gas station right and it's Mm -hmm. white painted so yeah
3: so that's the other impression that I personally get as well just by looking at this rendering right now you know is sort of a gas station ish feeling to it only you know again the white color but also that of that of glass um, you know, suggesting um, again for, uh, the well—it's left over from the loading dock, which is you know raising a uh, garage doors and stuff. Um, you know, there's just a lot of a, a lot of reverber- reverberations with with a stark white. Is what I'm saying.
12: May I ask a question. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, so when we when we move forward to the next step, I just want to make sure um, the way I interpreted your comments was it was paint. But what I'm hearing now is it's paint and color that are objectionable.
0: Mm-hmm. I think you're hearing comments about color.
12: Okay. So Good. I just want to know that which one to address or both. And so that just, I just want to.
0: I think the issue is the paint.
8: And then we kind of got mm-hmm. sidetracked by the bright. Right, I agree. I mean, at the heart of the issue, I think with the staff report, Lincoln can speak to that. It was the paint, right? Mm-hmm.
0: yeah we are we are asked to uh you know uphold these standards of not damaging or destroying and so you know we do have to consider the building and it's not listed on its own it's uh, not in the district it is in the environs it is also part of the downtown design guideline district so we um you know in thinking through those things we maybe got out of our lane a little bit with color but
12: okay fair enough thank you
0: any other uh discussion?
4: Well and this is Commissioner Johnson. I I um actually looked up the, the glazed white brick and it and there's many uh images online of it looking very lovely next to red brick. Um, and so uh I don't have a, a heartache about the glazed white brick. It really is just the the, the painting of the the other brick and just that downtown has such an eclectic mix from terracotta to louis sullivan tiles to i mean there's kind of a a very nice palette of lots of different things downtown um so i think when you go to the arc you can hit upon something that will will work
8: Oh, a motion
0: yes um, I'd like to make a motion that we uh, send the project to ARC for review I second that thank you so now we'll take a vote um, Commissioner Johnson uh, Commissioner Johnson yes Commissioner Meyer Commissioner Meyer aye. Commissioner Ezel
2: Commissioner Izell, aye.
0: Commissioner Holly?
2: Commissioner Holly,
6: aye.
0: Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Klein, aye. And Commissioner Haynes? Commissioner Haynes, aye. And Chair Coleman is an aye. So thank you and we'll see you soon.
15: Yeah, thank you all for your consideration. One note I would just make I've been through this a few times with ARC and it seems to work out. Um, We'd like to meet with ARC before the next scheduled HRC so we can be back in a month without losing too much time.
0: That's right. Flexibility is the key.
15: And we're very flexible
16: around here.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's like an amazing project.
16: You just require 100% required. Thank you all for your time.
1: Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. you. All right, moving along. Patrick, did you grab your flash drive? Thank you.
0: To item five. <clears throat> Dr. Twenty-three zero zero four one two, seven forty-two Connecticut.
14: Mm. Oh, right.
6: Coleman, Avery pulls that up out of curiosity. Do you know if there are real lintels in the recessed brick? They can solve it structurally, but can they just knock out the brick and put in new windows? Or I don't know.
0: I have not analyzed it to see how far, like if it's recessed more than two inches, I would suspect there is, but if it's like an inch recess, I would suspect there's not. But I don't, I haven't looked that closely.
6: Solvable. I was just curious. Yeah never been inside the building yeah
0: top top right
12: corner there
1: you go thanks okay. <coughs> so this next item is dr-23-00412 in this item or with this application the applicant is requesting to demolish and construct a new accessory structure at 742 connecticut street the subject property at 742 Connecticut Street contains the RW Spar House, which is a designated landmark in the Lawrence Register of Historic Places, and the proposed project requires a Certificate of Appropriateness Review. This map shows the location of the listed property and its 250-foot and Byron's buffer. The listed property contains a single-story cottage and a single-story detached garage, which is located in the northeast corner of the property. This is the front west elevation of the primary structure of the R.W. Spar house. The property was owned by R.W. Spar, who was one of the city's leading brick manufacturers and is responsible for producing most of the brick that was used to build early Lawrence. The property was designated as a landmark in the Lawrence Register of Historic Places back in 2014 for being a good example of the type of house that was constructed in Lawrence between 1864 and 1873 and for its association with RW Spar, This photograph shows the south elevation of the existing detached garage that the applicant is requesting to demolish. For demolition of existing structures, a structural analysis and a cost replacement analysis is requested to determine the extent of the damage <laughs> to the structure. The applicant has supplied this documentation, which states that the structure has severe deterioration including termite damage and rot. The foundation and concrete slab have significant settlement and cracking, and overall the building is structurally unsound. And now I'll walk through uh, several photos of the existing structure that have been submitted by the applicant. So this is the west elevation of the structure, which faces the, pri- the rear of the primary structure on site. Here you can see the chipping and cracking of the facade and the walls of the structure. And this is looking at the north side of the structure from the alley and you can see again a significant crack on the upper or the right hand side of that north wall. This is looking at the east wall adjacent to the alley. And then inside the structure the photos document the same deterioration in the condition of the walls. And then standing inside the structure on the north end and looking south, you can see settlement and cracking in the foundation floor. And then again, inside the structure, looking from the south, you can see the same settlement uh, and cracking in the foundation on the north end of the structure. The repair versus replacement cost analysis submitted states that it would be cost prohibited to repair The existing structure due to the amount of work that would be required therefore the applicant is proposing to construct a new one-car garage in place of the existing garage this would be the south elevation of the proposed garage the garage would have a um, shed style roof uh, which would make this south elevation of the structure the highest uh, end or portion of that structure the structure would have a new concre- concrete foundation and the exterior of the structure would be clad with vertical board fiber cement siding. And then the roof would be finished with asphalt shingles. This would be the north or yeah, this would be the north elevation of the new garage. And then this would be the east elevation looking towards the structure from the alley. And then uh, this would be the west elevation which shows a pedestrian door and then a rough opening for a future window. And this would be the elevation that would be visible from the prim- primary structure of the listed property. And then these, two, uh, these are two renderings that were submitted uh, by the applicant showing the southeast view of the structure from the alley on the top. And then on the bottom a southwest view of the structure looking from the listed property. Staff did request additional info uh, on the height of the existing and proposed structures for the site, which the applicant did provide. The height of the existing primary structure would be approximately 12 feet, uh, eight inches. The existing accessory structure would be approximately, um, or is approximately nine feet, eight inches tall. And then the proposed garage would be uh, approximately, or just over 11 feet tall. So the existing detached garage is included in the landmark designation for the rw spar house and demolition of the existing structure would remove historic material from the site and alter the character of the listed property based on the info that was submitted by the applicant uh, documenting the condition of the existing structure demolition may be supportable if compatible replacement plans for a new detached garage are proposed staff is of the opinion that the proposed plans for the new garage uh, would not be compatible given the size and scale of that new structure and the proposed uh, vertical uh, cement board siding that's proposed. So staff would recommend that the project be referred to the architectural review committee for possible design refinement that would allow the project to better meet the standards and guidelines. And with that, I would be happy to stand for any questions.
0: Thank you, Avery. I missed the 12 foot 8 inch dimension. What was
1: that of the house? Yeah, that would be the existing primary structure on site. Would be 12 feet 8 inches,
0: and the uh, it, 11 foot proposed is to the would be part of the. Yeah,
1: that's my understanding. Thank you. I
11: probably provide a clarification. Oh, yeah. I'm going off of the lawrence development code and how they um, determine the height of a building. So it'd be measured to the midpoint of the roof, basically. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. of all of all those structures.
0: Are there any other questions for staff? If not, we can hear from the applicant. No, Megan, are you the applicant?
11: I am the applicant. Um, I just have a short little presentation that I'd like to share. Uh, So I'll go ahead and share my screen. All right, so again, um, as Avery um, showed, this is the west elevation of the primary structure um, house that's listed on the Lawrence um, Register of Historic Places. And um, this would be the southeast view of the existing garage. Uh, I just want to note also that the garage is at a lower elevation than the house. Um, You see there's two steps coming down to the alley level, um, and the house is above that. Um, And then if we go to the next slide, you can look at the proposed building and the house again. Uh, I just kind of outlined the shape of this shed roof addition on the side. It's very similar to the shed roof um, garage that we're proposing. So I just like to argue that the proposed design is compatible um, with the size scale, um, and character of the property. Um, so that's, that's all I have to say. Um, thank you. Thank you very much. Yes.
3: I have a question. Commissioner Klein. Um, when I was looking at, uh, looking at the brick uh, falling apart in the garage right now, um, do you have any idea if that is actually spars brick the, the brick that Spar manufactured? Or is that like 20th century brick? Um, I mean, I, because the the structural analysis and the photos and everything show that it appears to me that the garage is beyond repair. I mean, that it would be prohibitive. To um, save it, but I was just curious about the bricks, the blocky bricks themselves. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, If you have any idea of the age of those, and if the if the individual bricks are worth saving versus not necessarily using it to rebuild a new garage.
11: I don't know the um, exact. I don't know the answer to that question, to be honest. Um, I just know that um, from staff's report, they found or. If maybe it was from the historic listing of the structure, that the garage is later than the house. It's built right. in 19,
1: yeah.
3: It's yeah it a whole lot later, yeah. That's why I was just curious if the brick is 20th century or if it's, you know, earlier, perhaps manufactured by Spark. I was, his company. I, yeah, I don't think so, but I'm, I just want, you know, it's, it's something yeah. to think about, I guess
11: is what I'm saying, to, as opposed to throwing the brick away. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Good question. Good question. Unfortunately, I don't know the answer. Okay
0: looking at the photos it looks to me like and i don't know the dimensions of it but it looks like a hollow structural clay tile that was popular yeah. in yeah in turn of the century to i don't know 20s or something but um it that's typically re- unreinforced typically the cells would align parallel with the striations on the face of the of the clay tile so it's impossible to reinforce really because yeah the cells go this way right and so ha- and and you can see um all the crack. Well, yeah it's it's really tough stuff to work with mm-hmm. right sure
6: i would peanut gallery comment i'd be disappointed if a major manufacturer of masonry used that product in an exterior condition on their own house
3: i'm just saying if the if the brick is worth anything Save it for some completely different project. Like maybe give one brick to the Watkins Museum and say this came from Spar's house. You know. know.
0: Are there any other questions for the applicant or any discussion? Um,
8: Um, I well, I guess one thing. When did this property um,
3: go on the local? Two thousand fourteen. Was
8: when it was listed I think it was 2014. yes 2014. well i hate to beat a dead horse i said this at the beginning i mean it looks to me like this property owner has owned the property for like 20 some years so in my opinion it's a little disappointing that there wasn't maintenance done on the accessory structure in this time i mean i don't know what it looked like 20 years ago and maybe it was just as bad but i i mean i don't know that it was that bad but it's unfortunate that it's now in the condition that it's in
0: i have a, a question as to the design why um change the design from what it is now is there a reason that it's needing to be larger or um because i think replacing it in kind if it's if it's past its um ABILITY TO BE REPAIRED, THEN AN ACCEPTABLE SOLUTION WOULD BE TO REBUILD IT IN ITS CURRENT CONFIGURATION, Um, YOU KNOW, THE SHAPE OF THE ROOF, THE HEIGHT, THE WINDOW ARRANGEMENTS, THE DOOR AND EVERYTHING. CAN YOU SPEAK TO THAT?
11: Uh, I BELIEVE THE OWNERS WANTED SOMETHING THAT LOOKED A LITTLE BIT MORE MODERN. Um, I'VE BEEN WORKING ON THIS PROJECT FOR A WHILE AND THE the ORIGINAL IDEA WAS MUCH MORE um, it was a little bit more elaborate I guess and it was very very modern it's been simplified um, down to to reach the correct budget um, but they still want it to feel modern um, are the owners planning on adding like um, shelving to that
3: um, to that slant for storage and so forth is um, that part of the reason for the slant
11: I don't know the answer to that question okay. I don't know. <laughs> And they might, or the, I don't know if the owners are present. I can't see who's at City Hall. Oh, um, yes.
13: It looks like we have some. Megan, I'm, I'm, I'm here,
11: I guess. Um, Okay. Maybe they you. can better answer that question. Yep.
13: Maybe I can help Megan out a little bit better. Um, Thank you. No, you're doing a fantastic job, Megan. Um, speaking of a bit about the property, uh, so um, my husband and I own the property. He actually owned the property before I did. Um, so we've been recently married, and so 20 years being single man versus now being married man we're looking to improve the property so that's why you know um this is one of the projects we have of um um in our own dyi we felt the the garage is a little bit out of our comfort zone of doing it ourselves and so we've um, enlisted help on that and megan has been fantastic on that so um, we are looking to match some of the things we like about the current house and we want to improve it um, some of the things that aren't shown in that picture is the back half of the house does have a little bit more of that shedding or the roof. Um, she showed it in the one at the front, but in the back of the house, where the detached garage is, there's more of um, uh, angled roofs that mimic um, something departing a little bit from the original kind of spar house. That is that kind of you know two room old brick house. And we wanted to speak a little bit more to the back side of the house since that's where the structure is so we were kind of playing on lines with this back of the house having a little bit more of that shed roof style and um and that's where that came from we do have plans about you know maybe having a storage loft up above the garage doors so that's again another place where we were um, taking that maybe a little bit extra space for storage um being it's only one car garage instead of a multiple car garage um, I got lost in my own thoughts, but I think I hit some of those points that you had asked. Yes. Okay. There are other questions that I might be able to offer insight on of how we got to where we are today.
0: I think you've you've addressed them all. Thank you. Thank you so much. Do we have any public comment on this item?
5: Uh, Dennis Brown of the LPA board again. We, LPA, agrees with the uh, uh, staff recommendation on on this uh, agenda item. It's, this this garage is pretty beat up, but it does have architectural style, and I think it lends itself well to the existing house. Uh, The low-hipped roof is a character-defining feature. Uh, And it's one I see repeated elsewhere around town very successfully in similar-aged garages. Uh, One difficult part about the project is another character-defining feature, I would say, are the uh, doors. And, you know, as far as having a modern garage, where people wanna have a a door opener and not get in and out of their car to shut and open the doors. Those just aren't functional in today's modern life, even though they're, I feel, character-defining. I also agree a lot of this structure would be removed in a repair effort. Uh, clay tile is, is, was not a successful building tool. Uh, I don't believe you can repair it at all. That wall would have to go. I think some of it's already been repaired by concrete block, which probably made the clay tile go get worse. Um, uh, but I will say I've seen several garages that were in similar shape fixed up a lot of new material, a lot of new framing, new sill plates, uh, but very successfully in in the way they turned out, one particularly in my neighborhood on Ohio Street, where Hernley Architects was the architect on that project. I will say that that owner, was able to use the tax credit system, which is not available to to this owner because we don't have tax credits on local registered properties, so that's a disadvantage there, but um, that place on Ohio really turned out well and looks very much like an old historic structure, even though a lot of the uh, uh, framing uh, and a lot of the siding is new. I think um, as far as the new garage proposal, one thing we really like about it is it is the same footprint. It's the same mass. They're not trying to tear down something little and make something huge. That's really appreciated, but the shed design, I don't think, we'll have some differences of opinion here, uh, to me doesn't lend itself as well or be compatible with the house as the current structure. If there was some repair structure that could, maybe it'd almost be down to saving the low-hipped roof and pretty much everything underneath is new or reinforced or failing that, a new proposal that essentially was a replica with a modern garage door, Uh, I think it'd be a successful project and I think it's worth uh, exploring at the ARC if the owner is willing to do that rather than uh, uh, receive a denial of the project which staff is recommending.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Any additional public comment? Commissioner discussion?
3: Well, I personally agree with uh, Megan about the shed. What is it called? Shed roof line? Um, matching the house and working perfectly fine, Um, as opposed to um, not being a character-defining aspect of what currently exists. I mean, when and again, I don't know what's possible for repairing um, a garage that's gotten to that degree of neglect, but it looks to me like it would be wiser to tear down the old garage Tear down the old um, concrete, lay, lay down some new, fresh, you know, concrete so you're not having cracked concrete for the new car or old car, whatever, um, and build a new garage with the slanted roof on it that matches the house.
8: This is Commissioner Meyer, um, <clears throat> it's unfortunate the accessory structures and the condition that it's in, but I would uh, highly be in favor of sending it to ARC. I I personally am not fond of the current design <clears throat> of the garage. and. Would like to see that refined as the staff report indicates, but that's just me.
4: Yeah, I would this is Commissioner Johnson. I'd agree with Commissioner Meyer. Um yeah. would you
0: like to make a motion?
4: Um I would move that we uh send this application to our our buddies at the ARC. <laughs>
2: it's Commissioner zell I second.
4: Thank you, Commissioner Johnson
0: and Commissioner Izell. We will take a roll call vote. Commissioner Johnson? Commissioner Johnson, yes. Commissioner Meyer? Mr. Meyer, aye. Commissioner Azell?
2: Commissioner Izell, aye.
0: Commissioner Holly?
6: Commissioner Holly, aye.
0: Commissioner Haynes? Commissioner Haynes, aye. Commissioner Klein? Commissioner Klein, aye. And Chair Coleman, is an aye. Motion passes. We'll see you at the ARC meeting.
11: Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Can I ask just one question, real quick? um Can I expect an email tomorrow to schedule that meeting? Yes. Because we would also probably like to get that onto the next HRC uh, agenda. Okay. Thank you. Sure
2: thing. Thanks. like the ARC is going to be really busy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <I quit> my <laughs> full time job. <laughs> <laughs>
8: better go home start thinking of ideas tonight.
0: All right, Um, we are through our regular uh, agenda items. There's a miscellaneous item here. Item E, to appoint Historic Resources Commissioner to Brick Streets and Sidewalks Multimodal Transportation Commission Subcommittee. That's a mouthful. Yes, tell us more.
2: (laughs) B-S-S-M-T-C-S.
14: Thank you, Commissioners. One moment, I'm going to share my screen and have a brief presentation for you all. Okay, as mentioned. My screen go blank for Mm -hmm. y'all. Strange.
0: You are, but it's blank.
14: One moment. Weird had it up the whole time y'all been meeting and it was working just fine. So let me see. Okay. Try number two. Okay. Here we are again. Um, as mentioned, the multimodal transportation commission, um, voted on developing a brick streets and sidewalks subcommittee at their last meeting and they asked that a member of HRC be on that subcommittee. So I'm here tonight to see to give a bit of background information and see who you might be interested in appointing to that role. The comprehensive plan, plan 2040 identifies brick streets and sidewalks as a community resource and states the following goals. Maintain protect and restore existing brick streets, sidewalks and hitching posts within Lawrence and formalize a review process for all public improvements to determine potential effects on preservation efforts. I recognize there's a long and complex history regarding the community and HRC's efforts to create a brick streets and sidewalks policy. And with that history, we've learned vital lessons that we can use in efforts moving forward, including the need to create a well-rounded group of stakeholders early in the process i.e. a Brick Streets and Sidewalks subcommittee. The Brick Streets and Sidewalks policy should reflect the community's values and priorities, as well as have attainable and practicable implementation strategies for the city of Lawrence. Members of the subcommittee will help make this possible through sharing their diverse perspectives and values on character-defining infrastructure, lived experiences in proximity to Brick Streets and Sidewalks, as as well as how BRIC can impact accessibility in people with mobility challenges. The members of the subcommittee, which the Multimodal Transportation Commission voted to propose are shown on the screen in front of you. And as mentioned previously and highlighted, they've asked that one member of the subcommittee represent HRC provide some additional context as to what would be asked of the person serving on this subcommittee. The plan is to have the policy drafted and adopted in the next six months, so it's not necessarily a long-term commitment, and I foresee the subcommittee meeting three or so times between now and July. Additionally, I'm proposing there be public engagement events and surveys as a means of engaging the community outside of the subcommittee if we end up having folks fighting for a chance to be involved on the brick streets and sidewalks policy process. And with that brief presentation, I'd be happy to stand for any questions you may have and look forward to learning which of you I'll be working with here in the future.
0: Thank you, Cece. It seems that there was interest from one of the commissioners, but I don't remember who it was. Thank you. Don't everybody raise your hand at once. Commissioner Klein. Am I misremembering that? Yeah, Commissioner Klein.
3: Um, Commissioner Klein. I'm not remembering, um, but it's reminding me of, I don't want to take us off in another direction, about historic markers, um, that we're still waiting to hear about criteria for that. But it it seems to me that... um, historic markers would be connected to the easements that are next to the sidewalks next to the brick streets. (laughs) And I don't know if that would be part of the
14: um, subcommittee or not. That's not currently within the scope of this subcommittee or the project is proposed. I also forgot to um, introduce myself at the beginning due to the chaos of sharing my screen. I'm a transportation planner in Lawrence working for the city and so that's um sort of the lens we're going at with this is multimodal transportation and connectivity
4: well and this is commissioner johnson i i just got done with the lawrence loop committee so (laughs) you've done your time If if yeah
0: yeah you have um and commissioner holly and i are on the On the arc um so and then I believe commissioner Meyer don't look at me okay has served many many times over
8: no my my term concludes tonight I was gonna say no longer eligible so
0: is this your second term of this session oh this okay um so it's up to process of elimination here Yes, Commissioner Azell, or Commissioner like Klein, Commissioner Haynes. Or Haynes. oh, that's oh right. or Commissioner Haynes. Commissioner Haynes. He's or been serving.
8: <laughs> it's very kind of Commissioner Azell to point that out.
0: It was very kind. <laughs> is
8: that a is that a yes, Commissioner Haynes?
0: I yeah, believe- I will, I'm
12: I'm willing to serve on this. I have to start serving on these uh, sorts of committees eventually, so start now
0: that's wonderful I believe you'd have a good voice for it and um you know um your historical background you know your your background in history and um what you do every day would be a benefit to the committee I hope so thank you
14: thank you commissioners commissioner Haynes I'll be in touch
9: thank Chair you. Coleman, y'all would need to vote on
0: that. All right, we, oh. we'll need to take a vote. Um, I make a motion <laughs> that Johnson Commissioner, Johnson, Commissioner Haynes be no, yeah. appointed to yeah. the, his, uh, the, the Brick Streets and Sidewalks Multimodal Transportation Commission Subcommittee. Seconded. Thank you, Commissioner Hawley. <sighs> Commissioner Johnson. Commissioner Johnson, yes. Commissioner Meyer. Mr. Meyer, aye. Commissioner Isel.
2: Commissioner Zell, aye.
0: Commissioner Holly.
6: Commissioner Holly, aye.
0: Commissioner Klein. Commissioner, Commissioner Klein, aye. Commissioner Haynes. Can you vote oh. for yourself? I don't
12: know. <laughs> yes. I for dramatic
0: effect, Commissioner Haynes, aye. And <laughs> and Chair <laughs> Coleman, aye. <laughs> Thank you very much. Are there any other miscellaneous items? I see none on the agenda. Um. Yes, Commissioner Klein. Again,
3: I I, I wanted to um, ask when are we going to be uh, two things. When are we going to um, work on the work plan and talk ab- and discuss the work plan um, since that's been hanging on since uh, last July, and uh, and when are we going to hear about um, the criteria for historic markers so that people can propose historic markers for and I'm talking the flat markers for uh, residential properties like the one that for charles langston that already exists and so forth so um i'd like to move on again, uh, get uh, get going on those projects
9: we so when actually will that happen we are working with scheduling those things right now we have a proposed rubric for historic markers that will be going back to the marker committee hopefully um in march so we should have something to report on that in june Um, We are working on a time to come forward with enough public hearing availability time and commission time to look at start drafting that work plan unfortunately the primary goal of the historic resources Commission has to be doing the design review applications and landmark applications that get submitted to the office for those monthly reviews that have that uh, mandatory time requirement that you have to review those projects by so we're looking at um, agenda I Times where the that work plan can have the amount of time it deserves by the commission, as you noticed this evening's agenda was rather large. We also have a large agenda right now for March. So one of the things that staff would um, like to discuss with the commission this evening would be um, it's also time for um, training by the state historic preservation office and also by our city attorney's office for um coma (laughs) so we need to look at what your preference is whether or not you want to have extra long regular meetings or would you like to look at scheduling special meetings for a work study for the work plan and then a training session by the State Historic Preservation Office. One of the things that they are going to come and talk to us on is making defensible decisions. Um, Sometimes it's easy to stray into the categories of I like this or i don't like this and there is no criterion l for like in any of the standards it had decisions have to be made um, based on those standards and guidelines so um, making defensible decisions is a very important part of this commission's um, role in the community so we will need to have that training sooner rather than later staff had thought we would have it Um, possibly in May but we can certainly look at other times that might work well for you so this evening we would be looking for feedback from you as to whether or not you would like long agendas and try to include that study session and the training in a regular scheduled meeting or whether or not you would like to look at finding possible dates for special meetings
3: um, I, I would like to have a, a separate study sessions um, for the work plan, um, separate from our regular meetings, so to give us time to sit around a table and, and to discuss freely about our priorities. And then I think um, for for preservation planning, I think a similar thing. I think maybe having a separate meeting um, for that, because the preservation training doesn't need to be a public uh, event, does it? It would
9: yes it would be open to the public
0: Oh, okay sure yeah all of the all of these would be both of these oh, okay. would be open to the public mm-hmm.
9: sure and how uh, what's the duration anticipated for the training the state historic preservation office usually takes about an hour and a half to do their training the city attorney's office is about 15 to 20 minutes so it would be at least a couple hours for your training session. And then the work plan session would be determined on, you know, how much discussion you have and how much time you want to allow for that.
0: Okay. Well, if I remember, when we were viewing Chapter 22, we had a, a quite a hard time finding a time that worked for all the commissioners to meet that was not during a commission meeting. And I'm worried that would happen again.
3: Well, we won't know until we
0: find out. Um, and March looks like a full agenda.
9: March is a full agenda.
0: So, um, but if we, if we do schedule it for May and then we have another full agenda. Then what happens? It mm-hmm. gets pushed a month, mm-hmm. well, or it could get keep getting pushed. Yes. Yes.
14: I would rather not have the
3: work plan get pushed to July when I first proposed having it um, oh. off of the our, our duties from the Chapter Twenty Two ordinance.
8: I think your training has to get done. Yes. yes. That's not sure. a pushbackable item. Too far.
4: Well, this is Commissioner Johnson. I I think we need a study session I think these both the work plan and the training need to be separate from uh, a regular meeting and we should just try to find a time it may be if it's something that could be almost like a retreat and we do the training and the work plan together and we have lunch and just knock it out um, but it will be a
0: public meeting
4: yeah you know if the public want to come and spend the day with us great if Not. <laughs> that's okay <laughs> other
0: thoughts i mean i'd I prefer to work it into the may meeting but i don't want the may meeting to be three hours long
6: again four hours long.
0: or four yeah Maybe well, and the other thing—I mean, quite
3: frankly, I, I would pre- also prefer a separate study session that doesn't necessarily have to be it in the evening because I'm not real o- o- alert as time goes on. This is my nap time right now, so <laughs> so um, I would I would like to have you know an earlier time for a study a separate study session.
0: We might be able to start at five, but we do have um, full time employed. Commissioners, with
3: well, uh, and I don't know about weekends if weekends are touchable or not.
0: Well, I believe Lynn's uh, can send out a doodle poll to identify some times so I can help okay, narrow it down. <laughs> okay, one last miscellaneous item. As
8: we know, this is my last hurrah. My last meeting. Thank
0: you, Commissioner Meyer, for your service. Three and a half
8: terms of duty, which I sat here and realized is 20% of my life. I've been on the Historic Resources Commission. (laughs) I don't know what that says about my life or that I have nothing else going on, but that's it. That's what I've. That's what I've. That's what I've done. So I've appreciated being with all of you. And I don't know who you lovely individuals are who have sat through what has to be the oh, longest meeting <laughs> in the last four and a half years I've been on this commission, probably. But you've all kept your eyes open, and it's 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 laudable. So thank you very much for your patience. I
0: think they're getting credit.
8: Well, whatever are you here it for is, a
0: class. Mm-hmm. Yes.
8: Oh, what no. class are you here for? Preservation planning. Okay.
0: Great. There you go. Yeah.
8: Yeah. (coughs) Well, thank you. All right. Thank
0: you. That's all All I had. If there are no other items, then we're adjourned. All right. Yes, we're adjourned.
4: Thank you. Thank
0: Thank you, everyone. Thank you
4: for your service. (laughs) I mean, gold watch. Yes. Thank you for helping us with dispensable items.
6: What committee is next for you?
15: What
11: happens? I can.